This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. So I, I did this message uh, sort of this morning, so I'm going to do a rendi- rendition of it tonight, and hopefully um, if you were here this morning, you hear something new and fresh. I remember when I first moved to the Central Coast, like you have to understand I'm from a very small country town and when I decided to move to the Central Coast I had no idea what the Central Coast actually was I told everyone in my hometown I was moving to Sydney I had no idea there was a difference this is a true story so I would tell everyone I'm moving to Sydney I'm moving to Sydney my dad would say make sure you keep your wallet in your front pocket if you go on the trains and I thought Jeez, the city must be a terrible dark place <laughs> if I need to keep my wallet in my front pocket <laughs> every time I enter a train. I had no idea where I was going to end up. I went to a small country church that was just like, you know, your classic old school, like you see in the movies, wooden pews, um, pretty, pretty stock standard. And never once in that church had I ever heard anything about the Holy Spirit. I'd never heard a sermon on it. I'd never heard a sermon on spiritual gifts. I'd never heard a sermon on the Trinity explaining the person of the Holy Spirit. I just never heard of that. And so I rocked up here to the Central Coast and I tried the Lutheran Church on the Central Coast, but it was more hardcore than my Lutheran Church back home. By that I mean the pastor sang everything. Like we're talking like, imagine if you're sitting on a wooden pew and the pastor gets up and he's like, um, um, what do they what do they say? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Literally, the whole sir, like the the hour and a half, all singing. And I thought, mm, I'm going to try somewhere else for a change. <laughs> the people I was boarding with at the time attended a, a like a Pentecostal church, and I remember the first time. I think I've told the youth this story. I went to the Pentecostal church for the first time. I was wearing a blue and white checkered shirt. And I sat down in this Pentecostal church. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Like the music was upbeat. The lights were awesome. It was just, it was, it was awesome. And I remember sitting there mid-service and the pastor stopped mid-sermon, pointed to me and said, you there in the blue and white checkered shirt, you have a leadership call on your life. And he went back to his sermon. And I'm sitting in the room and I, my heart's beating because I'm like, how did that guy know I was school captain? <laughs> and it was my first experience of the Holy Spirit. Because I'd never heard of any of this stuff, I went to the offices where they were meeting at that point, and I booked a meeting, and I said, you've got to tell me, you know, what's all this pointing at people about? What's all these altar calls? What's the go with the hand raising? I don't understand any of it. And they were gracious enough to talk to me about different things of the Holy Spirit. I remember going to a youth camp. <laughs> my first one of these youth camps like Pentecostal youth camp and I just remember the bass player like he was playing bass and then throughout the week you know they would say he got hit by the Holy Spirit and dude was wiped out on the floor screaming at the top of his lungs like the most terrifying thing you've ever heard in your life I thought the dude was mad and it's like claiming to be filled with the Holy Spirit I remember I went to a prophetic course and I went to the prophetic course because I'd never heard about the prophetic, you know, like hearing from God or whatever. And I went to the course because I wanted to disprove it. I wanted to disprove it. 
but um, the person who was running the prophetic course pointed me out in the middle of the room and he said, because I, I, I moved here to work with a, with a charity organization with the music and the arts, and he pointed me out and he said, you think, you, you, you think you're here for the arts, but it's not, it's the ministry of God. And in my second week here, my life flipped upside down and what I came here for was the performing arts and I decided what I was now here for was the ministry of God. And I started a journey into the ministry of God. Sometimes God speaks in wacky, weird ways. Sometimes God speaks in wacky, weird ways. I told this morning the story of what they call the Azusa Street Revival in 1906. And this was like, this was the start of the Pentecostal movement. So if you've ever heard of Hillsong, Hope You See, Bethel, if you've ever heard of the biggest church in the world in South Korea with 830,000 people, they're all part of the Pentecostal movement. And the Pentecostal movement started in America at the Azusa Street Revival. And this is what the, the critics said about the Azusa Street Revival. They said this, and I spread it this morning. They cry and make howling noises all day and into the night. They run, jump, shake over, spin round in circles, fall on the sawdust floor, jerking, kicking and rolling. They appear mentally deranged. They claim to be filled with the spirit. Uh, so tonight we're going to have a very fun service. Um, I hope you youth boys are ready for some kicking and some swirling, because uh, that's where we're heading. Lock those doors. <laughs> Funny story about the Azusa Street Revival, the second in charge of the Azusa Street Revival like the, the second man in charge of the Pentecostal movement <laughs> came back and renounced it all and was pretty much like, oh, I was faking it the whole time. <laughs> but I don't think everyone faked it. I think God can move that way. But I wonder if this is the exception rather than the norm. I really worry about people that sit in church services like this and you hear a pastor get up and tell stories of people pointing them out in a crowd or you hear stories of going to a prophetic uh, workshop and they point something out that is very obvious on someone's life. And you must hear stories. I, I joked this morning about the preacher that get up and say, I was woken up at two o'clock in the morning by the Holy Spirit and boy, do I have a word for you. And you hear stories about all this stuff. You hear stories about the healings. You hear stories about the people rolling on the floor. But you might be sitting there going, why don't I hear the Holy Spirit like that? Why is the Holy Spirit silent to me? Why can't I hear God? Why doesn't God wake me up at two o'clock in the morning and give me a word? Um, most of the time when I get woken up at two o'clock in the morning, it's because I need a midnight snack. What's my go-to midnight snack? <laughs> it's not quite KFC. <laughs> it's luckily, sadly, that's closed at two o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fiend for like, like scooping out um, sugary spreads, like a spoonful of Nutella at two o'clock in the morning, spoonful of Biscoff spread. I don't think the Holy Spirit's waking me up when I do that. <laughs> where am I going with this <laughs> but you could be left wondering why can't I see the spirit move like an Azusa why can't I hear the spirit speak like the pastor hears the spirit speak and so tonight I want to speak to you the people in the room who are like well I don't hear it like that because I think sometimes these big, spectacular, fan, fanatical things, I think they're the exception, not the norm. So today I'm reading from uh, Kings, because I love preaching from Kings, because they're Old Testament stories with lots of meaning, but we get to look at them from a Christian perspective. And uh, I want to give you some context. Elijah. Elijah is a, is a prophet, 
and he's just had an amazing encounter with God. He's just been um, he's just been versing the, the prophets of Baal. They had like a they had like a they had like a match. It was like a competition. Like imagine the Mariners versus Newcastle. What's the Newcastle team name? The Jets. It's like the Newcastle Jets and the Mariners, and the Mariners have God on their side, and the Newcastle Jets don't. And so it's like. The prophets, the prophet of God versus the prophets of Baal. And basically the prophets of Baal are like, look, we're going to create an altar and we're going to call down fire from heaven and it's going to light on fire. And then Elijah's like, well, I'm going to make an altar and I'm going to call down fire from heaven. It's going to light on fire. So the prophets of Baal are like, fire, 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 and no fire. It just doesn't light up. And then Elijah's like, I'm going to make a show of this. And he pours water all over the altar, water all over. And he's like, even if I wet the wood, even if I wet the altar, I can still call down fire from heaven. He's like, fire, bang, fire everywhere. So he's winning. It's an amazing win for God. It's a proof that God is the God of the universe. But it doesn't have the intended effect. Instead of all the people turning to God, they decide we're going to kill this guy. How dare he prove us wrong, essentially. So they go out to kill him. And Elijah runs and hides. It literally says that Elijah becomes so depressed after this massive mountaintop experience. He becomes so depressed that he says, God, would you end my life? He becomes so depressed that he can't do it anymore. And God sustains him through that time. He happens to run to Mount (laughs) Horeb. Johnny's nodding. Excellent. I had that on the tip of my tongue. I just didn't want to say something that looked like a fool. Which actually is a pretty significant place because it's the mountain where, for example, Moses talked to God. So you think Elijah in his most depressed moment is running somewhere where he might be able to hear God. He goes to Mount Horeb. And then we get to this part of the story. Then he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the Lord God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant. They've thrown down your altars and killed your prophets by the sword. And I, even I am left. I'm the only prophet left. I'm the only one seeking you left. I'm the only one hearing from you left. And they seek my life to take it away. They want to kill me. And he said, God said, go and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. The sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. God was in the low whisper. And then Elijah is able to hear from God. And God tells him to go and anoint the prophet who would take his place, Elisha. He also tells him, and stop complaining, there's about 7,000 others who still follow me, so stop worrying. 
there's an earthquake, there's a fire, there's a wind, but God's not speaking in any of that. Not, the, not because God doesn't, God does speak in fire. We know the story of Pentecost, tongues of fire on the heads, God has spoken that way. We know that God can speak, the, the, we know that God can speak through all those things, but in this particular occasion, he speaks through a low whisper. The word low whisper is really interesting because in, one, in my footnotes at the bottom of my Bible, it says, or a sound, a thin silence. Because the word low there actually is the word silent but the words like silent and voice is an oxymoron, like you can't have a silent voice, so they translate it to whisper. But it's literally saying that God is speaking in the silence. Maybe you're in the room and you're in a season of silence. You're like, why can't I, why can't I hear God? You're young and you're trying to ask, what do I do with my life? Why can't I hear God? Lewis talks about hearing from God. Why can't I hear God like him? Maybe you're in a silence. Well, God can speak in the silence. You know, God can speak anywhere and to anyone. God can speak to anyone, anyone. I don't care how young you are, how old you are. God can speak anywhere to anyone, whether you're alone or surrounded by people. Jesus even talks about when you pray, go into your prayer closet, shut the door, be alone. You can speak to God when you're alone in your bedroom, lying on your trampoline, looking at the stars in the middle of the night. You can speak to God anywhere. You don't need the meetings, you don't need the, you don't need the revival, you don't need the, the, the tent, the Pentecostals might throw a tent meeting, you don't need the tent. You can speak to God and hear from Him anywhere. And He can speak to anyone. I talked this morning about something that is called the priesthood of all believers. And the priesthood of all believers is something that us Baptists really hold to very importantly. And the priesthood of all believers essentially says this, in other churches, other denominations, like Catholic denomination, you need to go to, say, a confession box when you do something wrong to get right with God. So you go to the confession box and you speak to the priest and he communicates to God on your behalf and then he tells you what to do and you go away. And it's sort of like you have to go to... But we believe as Baptists that you don't need anyone to go to God for you. You do not need Lewis to go to God for you so that you can hear from God. You do not need... I'm, I'm not your priest. <laughs> not, hashtag not your priest. Because I believe in the priesthood of all believers, which means I believe each and every one of you is a priest. Priest tonk. Priest <laughs> suits you tonk. Next week I expect you to be wearing a collar, one of those collars. Not all black. Priest Chloe. Pri priest Auntie Chloe, sorry. I should use your, your preferred title. I believe that each and every one of you, you have the right to go to God and hear to God, hear from God for yourselves. That's why we do things like church votes here in this church. If you've never experienced a church that does church votes, we do church votes because we genuinely believe that each of you can hear from God. And that's why we do a vote because you need to go speak to God and then you come back and vote so that we have a priesthood of all believers. It's not just someone on top making a choice. Everything I do is very intentional. I'm like a whacked out um, OCD guy. I'm like, I'm very particular. I like things like my table. I talked to you youth at band camp about my table. I didn't show, but it's actually got my name written on the bottom of it so that no one steals it. Um, it's a very special table to me. But maybe you've sat in church and you've gone, why do we do PM church on the floor? We've had services that are just as big as the morning services. Why does, why does Lewis always want to do it from the floor? I like to do it from the floor because whether we like it or not, stages signify like, you know, stages are, stages are for people that are high up on the stage, on the platform. That's what stages signify. And now, I, really, it's practical. It's so that people at the back can see us. But in the PM service, I'm trying to break that. 
I'm not anyone special. I'm on the floor just like each of you. If I could, I'd preach from here. I'd preach from right here because I'm just one of you, just a bunch of priests hanging out on a Sunday night. <laughs> Sounds like the start of a joke. <laughs> a bunch of priests walking to 149 Narara Valley Drive. <laughs> you know? So I do it on the floor because I'm, I'm trying to break historical barriers which, we, which are just ingrained in our culture because I'm a postmodern and I have a problem with authority. But that's like a whole other story. My generation is hardcore about these things. <laughs> God can speak to anyone. He can speak anywhere. You don't have to be here in this church. You don't need these fairy lights. I get accused of like Lewis is all about the dim lighting and the fairy lights and the emotional manipulation and playing the keys. Um, um, uh, Chris, Chris on that sound desk, do you have a five minute um, post sermon keys pad? There's one of those there somewhere. Let's see. I get accused of using this too much, but I love it. I'm going to show you how I use it and why I use it. So I really want you to think about this. Sometimes I like putting the low music on, setting the lighting, really bringing the Holy Spirit in. You can cut that, Chris. You know, and I love it because I tell you what it draws people in. And when you're a youth pastor, there's a lot of people who need to be drawn in. But you don't need that for the Holy Spirit. You don't need the lights or the sound or the flashy stuff. He speaks anywhere. Elijah was on a very important mountain. But in his heart, he was at his lowest. He was depressed. God can speak to you no matter what state you're in. Whether you're high or low, he speaks to anywhere. He speaks to, he speaks to anywhere, anyone. He speaks to anyone, anywhere. That's backwards. Oh, PM service. <laughs> you get it all backwards. <laughs> Speaks to anyone, anyone, anywhere. So if he can speak to anyone, anywhere, and you're still sitting here going, well, why doesn't God speak to me? Why doesn't the Holy Spirit speak to me? I think it could be because sometimes we just fail to see it. There's an idiom I was thinking about. Uh-oh, that's wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. There's a city I was thinking about, reconnect. VVC.info slash what's on. God obviously wants someone to visit that web page, get involved in the connect group or something. Hmm. Ah, now, oh, I thought I had a photo of a forest. Did we, did we, didn't we have the photo of the forest, Chris? I can't, I can't see it. All the trees are in the way. Just, can, it, can you see the forest? I can't see it. The trees are in the way, Isaac. <laughs> the trees are the forest. What are you talking about? I can't see it. It's, 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 there's, there's an idiom, and the idiom is can't see the forest for the trees. And it talks about how when you fail to see the big picture because you're so focused, on the, so focused on the things, can't see the forest for the trees. And I wonder if sometimes... We fail to see the Holy Spirit speaking in the silence because we're so focused on the details. Here are some pictures that I showed this morning. Can you see the Spirit moving? 
Or do you just see a bunch of rowdy youth? Are any of them here? Oh, look, there's Caitlin. She looks really happy. Is Caitlin here? Oh, let's find someone else who's here. Alice looks a bit too excited. There's <laughs> here. Um, you know, maybe you can't see the Holy Spirit moving, but I can. Six people at our baptism service put BAM camp in their testimony booklet. Can you see the Spirit moving? It's just a normal church service with a female guest preacher. I can. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 11, whenever the word of God, whenever the word of God is preached, it never returns void. The Spirit of God is moving. Do you see the Spirit of God moving? Or is Joe Mackey in the way? The Bible says in 1 Peter, oh, let's see if my bookmark stayed in from this morning. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4, 9 to 10, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I believe that the Holy Spirit works through hospitality and our hospitality team and our volunteers who are using their gifts and the gifts of the Spirit that they have. Can you see the Spirit moving? Can you see the Spirit moving? This is like a, this is here, but imagine this is a connect group happening, happening off, off-site. A midweek connect group. Can you see the spirit moving? I can. The Bible says when two or three are gathered, I'm there in their midst. Can you see the spirit moving? Or do you just see an old book in the way? Or do you just see an old book in the way? A lot of people want to hear from God, and the best way to do it, I believe, is through the Bible. Uh, two, where is this? 2 Peter one twenty to 21 says this knowing this first of all that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit mostly referring to the Old Testament but I believe it about the whole book if you if you're failing to hear the Holy Spirit in your life here's a really easy way to do it I believe that every word of this book is inspired by the Holy Spirit if you're like lacking the Holy, if you feel like you can't hear the Holy Spirit, you can just pick up the I said, I, I do believe this to be true. Sometimes God wakes up the preachers at two o'clock in the morning because they're too stubborn just to do the work. He needs to give them a cheat code. Do you know what I mean? Do you see the Spirit moving? Or are the truck and the people in the way? This is on our Ukraine flyer, of course. working in the silence between the sound of bombs and guns and the terror they face. The Holy Spirit can speak in the silence. Some of us can't. Some of us can't see the Spirit for the service. We can't see the forest for the trees and we can't see the spirit for the service, but the spirit is even moving right now. He's always moving. I grew up in a pretty old school church, like I said at the beginning, and I never once heard a sermon on the Holy Spirit. And I didn't have any stories about pastors pointing me out. Didn't have any stories of 
bass players rolling on the floor. But even in my Lutheran church with the wooden seats, even in my Lutheran church with the wooden seats, sitting there, bored out of my brain, Matthew, if you think my preaching's boring, you should have met Pastor Greg. I hope Pastor Greg never listens to this podcast. (laughs) You know? And I'm like, young Lewis, I believe that the Spirit spoke to me just as much as he spoke to any of you growing up. You know, because even to read Scripture, you need the Holy Spirit to help you interpret it. And if you believe in Jesus, the Bible says that he sets a seal upon you, which is the Holy Spirit. So anyone that believes in Jesus has the Holy Spirit. Even my Lutheran church, boring old wooden-seated Lutheran church. I tell you what, I had to find God in the silence because there was no fairy lights. There was no blue lights. Blue's a really good colour because it calms people. It's a scientific thing about the colour blue. That's why I like to choose it. Oh, don't put red up there on a don't put red up there on a youth night. You'll be in for you'll be in for a tough night. Chuck some blue up. It just calms them. Just you know, you get only its tricks across the years. But you don't need any. You, sometimes you've got to learn to see God in the silence. And um, one of the things I used to do, and I, d- I did this at youth, and I, I did this this morning. And I think I've got a. I think I think there's a. Oh yeah. One of the things I did as a 15 year old was I learned guitar. Oh, let me tell you this story. <laughs> I was learning guitar. I love preaching from the back. It just really freaks everyone out. This is, this is your young adult culture, just breaking all the rules, changing everything, you know, not following the... The pastor's meant to be on stage behind a pulpit. Nah, not this pastor, I tell you what. And... <laughs> Howdy. We used, to do, we used to do this thing called pass the peace in the Lutheran church. Anyone ever seen that? It's like the pastor goes, oh, everyone pass the peace. And then you walk around the whole church shaking everyone's hand saying, peace be with you. <laughs> Just shake like 50. Anyway, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, anyway, going off track. So I started learning guitar, right? And I started singing, like trying to sing new worship songs. And then every now and then I would, I would, I would go to the Lutheran service and then I would get my guitar on my push bike and hang it over the handrails. And then I would ride to the Baptist church and every now and then I'd play in their night service, which had just as little people. And I, the Lutheran pastor told me once, he said, you get excommunicated for that 10 years ago. True story. True story. Anyway, they liked that I played guitar because I used to just have to go up on mountains and stuff and sing guitar or lock myself in a closet. I had to find God in the silence because I tell you what, my church was boring as nothing else. I had to find God in the silence. I didn't know what the, I didn't hear any sermons on the Holy Spirit. I just had to find God in the silence. And so I learned guitar. And, um, and then every now and then in the Lutheran church, the pastor would just say, Oi, Lewis, go get your guitar. And they wouldn't sing along because they wouldn't know any of the new songs. And when I say new songs, I'm talking about songs that are 20 years old. It's just that they were singing songs 100 years old. Do you know what I mean? And so he'd get me to sing one of the new songs and they'd just all close their eyes. They'd sit in silence. And I'd sing. So that's what we're going to try tonight. We're going to try finding God in the silence, not in the noise, not in the lights, not in the fairy lights, not in the everyone singing. I love all that stuff. I wish every Sunday night we did that thing where the music stops and it's just the audience singing. But God doesn't just move when that happens. God sometimes moves in the silence. So I invite you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to use the mic. I'm just going to speak loudly.
the silence, would you meet us? When we were alone in our bedrooms, God, would you meet us? Whether we're high or low, whether we're depressed or or got it all together, God, would you meet us? Holy Spirit, would you have your way? We know that we can't put you in a box. If you want to speak in wind and fire and spinning circles and falling over, would you meet us that way? But if you want to meet us in the silence, we're open to that too, God. Would you open our eyes? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.